Well, good morning, everybody. We are going on a summer road trip, and I hope you are as, just as excited as we are for the summer road trip. I also am sure you've never seen somebody preach in a hat and a fanny pack before like this, so you are in for quite a morning and quite a series. You are going to be blown away at the things that God does on roads in your Bible. And we are going on the road, looking at the different roads in the Bible and what God has to tell us and the people in the Bible and the future and all of creation. If you've ever been on a road trip, you know things can go great and things can go not so great. I remember one time I was, uh, actually Darian and I were both taking the boys who we fostered for a little bit. We were taking them on the road to see and meet some of our family for the first time. We were taking a drive from Arkansas to Oklahoma. It was quiet. It was smooth. Darian was pregnant. The boys were asleep in the back. It was wonderful. And I remember it for how wonderful it was. But if you've been on enough road trips, you know things aren't always as wonderful. There was another time I remember Darian and I on the road. This is whenever we first got married, and uh, we lived in Oklahoma, went to school in Oklahoma, and I had little gigs at different churches, different places that needed a speaker. So this one was in Texas. I drove a truck. We were just married, needed to save some gas, so I actually invited or asked my friend if I could borrow his car to go down. It was actually Lex, uh, Tracy's son. So he said yes, so we took his Honda Accord all the way down to Texas, preached. What we didn't know that weekend was that uh, Texas and Oklahoma was going to be hit by a blizzard. Now, I know you're from Florida, so blizzards are when it gets really, really cold, and the roads freeze, and there's snow, and it's terrible. You can't drive on the road very well. And here we are, invincible young people, thinking we need to get back, so we drive the drive back. And we're in a Honda Accord. A three-hour trip turned into a five- to six-hour trip because we're going so slow. And here's the thing that my buddy didn't tell me, and I don't know why he would, that his windshield wiper didn't get all of the windshield. And so there was a little strip of precipitation at the bottom of the windshield. And again, you're in Florida, so when water gets really cold, it freezes. And it slowly lifted the windshield off of, or the windshield wiper off of the windshield. So it lifted up, more precipitation, lifted up, more precipitation. Like, my, my view of sight was literally creeping out of my, <laughs> I didn't have anything to do. I was just driving. And you're thinking, well, just get off the highway. It was so bad, we were afraid we were going to get off the highway and we weren't going to get back on. So we're cruising. My sight is leaving me. Darian's freaking out. I'm freaking out. We can't stop. We're driving. What do we do? We look around the car and my buddy, Lex, he has a half-empty water bottle in the back. He grabs it. Darian grabs it. She begins warming it up in the heater of the car. I roll down the window, and I'm splashing hot water on my windshield, trying to get all of the slush off of it. Some road trips don't go according to plan, and I'm sure you have your own stories. Of kids, and, kids in the car of, this thing's high, I might hit my hat. Uh, but it doesn't matter where you're going, doesn't matter your destination, you gotta pack if you're going on a road trip, right? I mean, we all have to pack. And we all pack. I mean, the world tells you you're unique, you're special, you, uh, you, you know, you're, you're different from the world. But the reality is, the majority of us, we pack the same way. So we have our clothes based on, you know, wherever we're going. So maybe we're going somewhere tropical, maybe we're going somewhere cold, and we pack accordingly. 
we have all of our gadgets and gizmos and things we don't need, but we take it anyway and it gets all bundled up in our bags and we can't really access it anyways. We have our essentials we pack, you know, our toothbrushes, our medication, put in a little private bag so no one else can see what we do, right? We pack the same way. But there's some other things that we like to put in our baggage as well as we go on our trips, right? So, uh, oh, my past. I'll definitely carry around my past, right? The, the things that have happened in my life, like the death of that loved one, can't seem to let it go, just haunts me. Or the miscarriage that we had. I, I just, I can't seem to let that one go. Or some other thing that happened to us. Maybe a divorce you went through. The, the kids are all over the place. Your relationships are all over the place. Yeah, got to pack our past. That has to be in there. You know, while we're, while we're talking about it, I also like to pack my negativity. Maybe you're the same, especially the way the world has been the past year, right? It's a lot to be negative about. Negative about the state of the country, right? Man, this thing's going to the dumps. These politicians, they don't know what they're doing. I obviously have all the answers, right? So I'll just be negative towards it. Negative towards my family. They're not who I want them to be. Why can't my family just be what I want them to be? Maybe it's negativity towards yourself. Like, I wish I could control my emotions a little better. Everybody else seems to be able to control it. Their anxiety. Why can't I? Yeah, that, that negativity, I'll make sure that gets packed. How about, how about guilt? Anybody pack guilt in your baggage? Maybe it's of your children. Like, you raised them the best you could, and then here they are making these kind of mistakes. Did I do something wrong? Could I have been better? Could I have been more attentive? Could I, could, could I have done something different? Maybe it's, uh, it's guilt for not speaking up. You know, there's a lot to speak up about lately. If it's masks and social distancing when the virus hit, if it's the political turmoil we were in, which one are you going to vote for? Why do you vote for that one? If it's racial tension, but whatever it is, it's, it's guilt. Looking back, I wish I could have made a stance. Maybe it's guilt of sexual sin that you're involved in right now. Pornography that you can't seem to click off of, but I'll carry it. I'll carry the guilt with me. That's definitely got to come with us. And maybe none of this is yours, but you carry around expectations. Expectations about how God should work the world. Yeah, this is how it should work. God, this is how you should answer my prayers. This is what it should look like. I have the answer. Or, how about this one? This is how you should be worshipped, God. Not how they do it. Not how that church does it. I, we know. I know. I have that expectation. I'll, I'll make sure that I carry that with me. And when my miss... Oh, yes, of course, of course. Can't forget other people's mistakes. Definitely will carry those with me. The mistake of my parents, the abusive household I grew up in, the things that were said about me, the abuse of my ex, what they did to me, the abuse of my boss, or my co-workers, not giving me a chance. I'll carry around other people's mistakes. You know, the nation of Israel was going on a trip one time. Their bags were packed. They had been enslaved for generations. And what we mean by that is that they were having kids, and their kids were having kids, and those kids 
knew nothing but slavery, knew nothing of living with a master and working your life away and watching your parents and your grandparents doing it. And finally, at one point in the story, God comes in there and says, okay, it's time to go. It's time to hit the road. It's time to get you out. And we're going to deliver you. I'm going to deliver you to freedom. Deliverance. And you want to know where the majority of Israelites' problems originated from. The baggage that they brought along the trip with them. The baggage they carried. You know, they remembered their past. They remember what it was like to be raised in that place. And they didn't want to go back. And in fact, it shaped how they viewed God. The negativity towards how God works in the world and how they wanted him to work. But they felt guilt. Because they knew that they were the reason, and their generations before them were the reasons they were in these circumstances. And they had expectations. Well, maybe we can just deliver ourselves. We can free ourselves. Their bags were packed. It's time to go. It's time to go on a trip, God. We're ready. You know, there's a, there's a Jewish tale that parents would tell their children hundreds, thousands of years ago. It's of, of a young merchant named Yunkel. So Yunkel, he would carry his wares from town to town. Everywhere he went, he carried his burdens with him. And one day, Yunkel was on the road, and a wagon passed by, and the owner of the wagon recognized Yunkel and invited him in. So Yunkel gratefully agreed, jumped in the wagon. It was moments later, the wagon owner recognized that Yunkel was still, was still carrying all of his burdens with him. Yunkel, why don't you leave that unnecessary baggage behind? You don't need it anymore. And Yonko says, no, 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 I, I don't want to be an issue. I don't want to be a problem. It's okay. It's fine. Yonko, you fool, the owner of the wagon said, my horse is carrying everything in this cart, whether you're holding it or not. Now stop carrying around that unnecessary baggage. You don't need it anymore. You see, until the Israelites saw that the Egyptians were dead, they didn't believe they were truly safe. They worried that their former masters any moment would come back and enslave them and take them back to where they belonged. And because, because they didn't feel saved, it was as if they never were redeemed. They were enslaved even if it was by their own minds. They were their own worst enemies. They wanted the freedom God had to offer them. They wanted it, but they weren't ready to let go. Like Yonkel in the story, the Israelites, they carried unnecessary baggage with them. The baggage of worry. The baggage of fear. It weighed them down. And in our own lives, we often carry the burdens and baggage that we don't need to carry. The, the bags of worry of our income, of our homes, of our children, of the plans of the future. It's all unnecessary weight. Why? Because God is the one doing the heavy lifting anyways. Look at this verse. Psalmist writes in Psalm 55, Cast your burdens on the Lord. Why? Who is going to sustain you? Are you going to sustain you? No. Are you going to sustain you? Who's going to sustain you? The Lord. Who's going to sustain you? See, we don't, we don't think that way. We think, oh, okay, I'll cast my burdens down. Woo, it feels good. I'm, I'm stretched. I'm ready. I feel light. Now I'm going to go and accomplish something. Now I'm going to go and do something. Now I'm going to go earn God's love. Now I'm going to go earn my salvation. But it's not us that sustains. Who sustains us? He carries our burdens and he sustains us. We can put our burdens down. We can break free from these imaginary shackles that hold us back. And this is one of those not along sermons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. Keep preaching. Amen. Mm-hmm. 
until we realize that we're standing in the same place the Israelites were standing. God wants to deliver us. God wants to redeem us. He wants to save us from the shackles, from the burdens that we carry. He wants to move us towards freedom. And our bags are packed. We're ready to go. The world tells you you're unique, you're special, but the reality is the majority of us in this room, we've packed the same looking bag. We're going to carry it with us. So, how do we reach our destination? What even is our destination? Where are we going? Because here's something I can guarantee. If you don't know where you're going, you'll never get there. There's no map to nowhere, but yet everybody seems to be going there. Luckily for us, we do have a map. It's called the Gospel. And the Gospel says you're not going to a place, you're going to a person. Amen? You're not going to a place, you're going to a? You're not going to a place, you're going to a? You're going to a person. Look how Mark opens up his Gospel. This is the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. Here's it up on the screen. Look at this. Just as the prophet Isaiah had written, Look, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, Prepare the way, for the Lord is coming. Clear the road. Clear the road for him. Mark, right there, he cites three Old Testament passages. So he just gives credit to Isaiah, but what he actually did, he took a little bit from Isaiah, a little bit from Malachi, a little bit from Exodus, he put it in a blender, and then he spit this out. Why? Because what he wants to show you is you have to be rooted in those texts. You have to be rooted in that God if you want to understand who Jesus is. That's what the word had written means. That verb is written in the perfect tense. Doesn't mean maybe anything to you. Until I tell you, the perfect tense denotes completed action in the past with continuing results. So it was written and still is, is how you could read that. In essence, in order for us to understand the road that is to come, we need to know the road that we've been on. And Mark, he's opening his entire gospel with this idea. And he says, your destination, the good news, the gospel, and that word, good news, is the word gospel, and is what people would shout on the battlefield after they'd won a battle. The gospel, the good news, we have won. And Mark says, the one who's won that battle is Jesus. He is the Savior of the world. He is the Son of God. He is the one we've been waiting for. And Mark says, if you want to reach that Jesus, if you want to reach that destination then you need to remember who God is and what he has already done in the world. We're going on a trip, all of us. Every single one of us goes on a trip. It's called life. It's called purpose. It's called meaning. Our destination is Jesus. He is our promised land. He is our liberation from exile from God. He is our freedom from the shackles. And if I want to find fulfillment, if I want to find Jesus, I have to go on that trip towards him, and my bags are packed. I'm ready. Let's go, God. I'm ready. Here we go. Right? You pack your bags, don't you? No, 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 no. I, I got this. I got this. I don't need help. I've been carrying this my whole life. I can do this. No, no, no. You don't understand. I need everything in here. I need it. These are essential. I can't put these things down. 
Like, like God, what, what are you going to do with my past? What are you going to do with it? The things that have happened to me. How am I supposed to just let that go? The pain that I felt. You want to know what God says in Isaiah? He says, forget all of it. Forget it. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. I'm going to do something new. It's already begun. Do you see it? Do you see it? It's already begun. I am making a pathway through the wilderness where there's dried up creeks. I make rushing rivers. I'm doing something new, and it's going to be better than anything that you pack in the past. Okay, God, I get that. I get that. But there's a lot to be angry about in this world. Like, have you turned on the news, God? Do you know what's happening in your world? Why can't I be angry about these things? And God says, yeah, there's a lot to be angry in this world. The world is an evil place. It's filled with evil people. But look at this. What the world means for evil, God can turn to good. The world is the pot. I am the potter. The world is the dress. I am the seamstress. Where there is a crack, where there is a tear, I am the one who can mend it together, not you. Why get, why get so upset about things that I'm already putting into action to fix? What is that solving? That was Genesis 50-20. There it is. Okay, God, well, what about, what about my guilt? Like, you don't know what I've done, God. You don't know how tainted I am. And there's no changing me. I've tried. I've tried to fix those mistakes, and I can't. God says, I know. I know you're not worthy. But the, the sin that you feel so guilty about... I am worthy, and I am powerful, and I have the power to trample it under my feet. I have the power to throw it so deep in the ocean that you can't even fathom. Okay, okay, I get that, God, but, but I have a standard. I have expectations about how you should work in the world about the way it should be, about how my prayers should be answered, about how worship, what it should look like. I have expectations. <laughs> and I imagine God scoffing there and saying, oh yeah, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me, since you know so much, where were you to know what I need and how I work in the world? You don't need that baggage. You don't need that. But what about what people have done to me? I don't know if I can forgive them. God says, love prospers when fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it can tear apart even the closest of friends. This, this is the road that's led us to Jesus. These are the cobblestones that God has used to prepare a way for the Israelites through the wilderness and has prepared a road for you as well. The destination is freedom in Christ. And you, holding on to your baggage, might be the one thing keeping you from truly reaching that destination. Do you feel tired from a long life of holding up the rules of God's kingdom for other people to reach? Put that baggage down. Do you feel burdened by the shame of your current sin that makes you think you'll never change, you'll never be enough? Put that baggage down. Do you feel like you're shouldering contempt towards a world that's living worldly? 
Put that baggage down. Do you feel sore from carrying a legacy of failures that range from your job to your family? Put that baggage down and come to me, Jesus says. All who are weary and all who carry around heavy bags that you don't need to carry, and I will give you rest. We're on a summer road trip. Our destination is Jesus. That's where we're headed. And we might actually be holding ourselves back by trying to bring so much baggage with us along the road. You don't need it on this road trip. You won't need it. And next week, we're going to focus on a different road. We're going to, you know, Jesus not only said to lay your baggage down, but he also said, I will pick it up and I will carry it to the cross. And it will be destroyed there. It's called Calvary Road. It's the road that Jesus went on so that I wouldn't have to. It's the road where Jesus was weighed down by all of our baggage, and it crushed him. It is our road to our salvation. But for now, we focus on the baggage that we need to lay at Jesus' feet and give it fully to him. Let's pray. God, we come to you tired, broken, burdened, worn out, sore, and tired. God, all of us in our lives are carrying around a black duffel bag like us, and all of us are carrying around very similar items. We're carrying around the weight of our past. We're carrying around an attitude of negativity towards ourself or this world. We're carrying around the guilt of our sins that we think define us. We're carrying around expectations of how you should work in the world and how you should be worshipped. We carry around other people's mistakes. Things have been done to us. And we're tired, God. We're tired. Help us fully embrace that verse of coming to you, laying down our burdens at your feet so that we can walk to the freedom that you have offered us. God, I don't know what this looks like in each of our lives. I don't know how this manifests. But God, we offer this prayer with open hearts. God, take this baggage from us. It's too heavy. It's too painful. And we don't need it. God, we look forward to next week of learning about Calvary Road and what you endured on the road to our salvation. But until then, we focus right now on this road and laying our burdens down on it. We say this prayer in the name of our Savior Jesus, who makes all of this possible. Amen.